So, Carrie Ann, welcome to what is the second You podcast. Um, as you can see, Maeve has left me completely on my own. Uh, which is not good news. Uh, and I know you've battled through uh, traffic and bridges and mountains to get here. Yep. So first of all, thank you very much. Um, for the audience, do you want to just introduce yourself and, and tell them a little bit about you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll try. Um, so my name is Carrie Ann Reid. Um, I am a, a therapist. I do a therapy known as Brain Working Recursive Therapy. Um, and I do that through the or with the Scott Martin Foundation. For young people, and that's how we met in the first place. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, so you were showing us your app, uh, which we were all obviously really uh, engaged with and uh, really looking forward to what's going to come out um, in the future from that. So, um, and then obviously we started having a discussion, and that that's what brings me here today. So, um, I am forty six years old. Um, I live with my partner. I have two uh, young stepkids, and uh, so in my youth. If, if you like. Uh, I lived in the Middle East. I was a, an air hostess for one of the airlines out there. Um, came back here and then joined the police. Um, and I've done that for 16 years. Um, and it's just in the last couple of years that I've added uh, being a therapist to that. I love doing these podcasts because every time, every time I do them, I learn so much more about people than I did beforehand. Um, so... It's clear, and there's loads of places I want to go today, but it's really clear that when we first met, your passion for mental health and looking after mental health was really clear. Um, so tell us a bit about why you're motivated around that particular area, what keeps you going, and in particular, on your counselling and therapy, you know, what you get from those sessions personally and what impact you see. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's hard to say where it comes from, I guess, because um, you, you sometimes don't know where your passion for anything comes from. Um, however, um, so I would say we've all experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. uh, we've all had to battle through life because, as we've discussed before, life is not easy. No. Um, so for me, I'm lucky in a sense that either I have the personality or, you know, it was maybe seeing how strong my mum was or something made me and my sister a lot stronger and able to get through what for other people might have been um, more difficult to yeah. come through. So yeah. we so we have always remained positive and uh, for that I'm just extremely grateful. Um, however, I got a, an injury, uh, tore my ACL at the trampoline park showing off. Um, <laughs> so, as you do. As you do, in my 40s, I'm a lad. Um, so I was off work. And I found that really difficult. Okay. Um, so I had a friend actually that does the brain work and recursive therapy. Um, and she did that on me. She was just, oh, well, you've got this time, you know, you should really look after yourself. Yeah. Um, you should take this time to learn new things. And, you know, just really saying to me, don't just sit here and dwell on it. There isn't, it's pointless dwelling on it. Um, so use the time. So I did. Um, and she did some therapy on me, which they, I think made a massive difference. Um, but I also did some work on myself and you don't ever know what percentage, you know, helped with which. But um, so I started looking at uh, YouTube, as you do okay. when you're really bored. Yeah. <laughs> and Be I found, beats that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It definitely does. But I was looking for things to improve myself. I wasn't, you know, just looking at YouTube shorts or something like that. So mm. I found a, um, someone called Aaron Abke and he did... Uh, science of the mind or something like that is the the 
the group ape videos were called, and it was actually all about letting go of your ego. Huh. Um, and not in a kind of um, not in a vain way but in a actually your ego is only there to serve you to improve you okay. it's not there for you to judge yourself it's not the way we look at it um, and it, we all have an ego it's there to help us survive but we should only be looking at it to help us improve what we reflect on ourselves as being things we can improve or not what people tell us about ourselves so I actually found myself becoming less and less concerned about what people thought of me um, and just interested in who I was as a person and if I was the best person that I could be then it really didn't matter what anyone had to say about me or think about me it only mattered what me and the people around me the closest people thought of me I, and that I, was a I, massive turn I point. love that yeah. I, I absolutely love that because so much of our energy goes into trying to please or meet the perceived expectations of others absolutely and it's draining yeah right mm -hmm. and and so having yourself as the the ultimate direction and mm -hmm. course core set of values that you can just improve upon improve upon yep. and check in with yourself constantly course, right yeah. mm -hmm. um but that mindset is is really interesting so is that you know the impact that that therapy and that learning had on you i guess now you you're now sort of taking that and and passing it on right yeah that's what I'm kind of hoping to do so um from from a friend that gave me that therapy um, I, I just kept saying to her, oh, I wish I could do that for people. What you've done for me, I wish I could do for other people. And uh, and she said to me, you can. You know, and she was like, you keep saying you want to be less, you want to be more interesting. Yeah. was what I, I kept saying, less boring. She was like, no, just say more interesting. Because yeah. I did always felt like I wasn't that interesting a person. Um, so she said, well, you actually are. However, <laughs> um, you, uh, obviously there's something inside you that wants to do more. That's why you feel like that. Yeah. So I did. Um, and I did the training over the course of a year um, and it was never really intended to take off the way it has, if you like. It was really for family, friends, uh, colleagues potentially that would need it. And that's yep. all I was really going to use it for. Yep. Um, but then I came across the Scott Martin Foundation um, and the rest of that is history, but we'll yep. talk about that a bit later. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's where my, my passion for mental health comes from that and the, the story I read um, about the Scott Martin Foundation and then the work that I started doing. So my passion has actually grown over time as I've met people and helped people. And that's where it comes from, I guess. That motivation to do more comes from seeing the work that you've already done. And you see the benefits play yeah. out, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's often the case, isn't it? You look, at, you look at things in life and there are so many challenges. There are so many things we're all drawn to accomplishing or challenges that we're, we're drawn to overcoming. Um, and it becomes overwhelming. Yeah. And so that, that can lead to a downward spiral. And I think certainly from my experience, just having a handle on something and inching it forward. Mm -hmm. So you feel like you're making progress there. It almost gives you some sense of control back. And with just an inkling of control, I've moved that thing forward 1%. Mm -hmm. It gives you a building confidence to say, now I'm going to move this one 3% and I'll try and do that one 2%. Mm -hmm. And that brings me on to kind of, Everyone's got this, you know, juggling of, of different hats in life. And it's it's um, it's stressful, right? It's super stressful. You know, what hat you're wearing, um, who who have you gotta who have you gotta deliver for, you know, um, making sure you fulfill your commitments with family and friends and colleagues and are you looking after yourself? Because in that noise, um, there's so much 
potential distraction that you forget mm -hmm. that actually, unless you can be the best version of yourself, you're not going to be the best version for everyone else in your community or your network. Mm -hmm. So that self-empowerment piece, do you think that's important as well? And realizing that you can take control of some things whilst others, you have to kind of let go. And that might be a temporary thing, right? Doesn't mean you have to let them go forever. But yeah. is there something there that... that it, you know, is a good thing for people to acknowledge and realise. Yeah, that, that is the big thing. So when it comes to anxiety, depression, uh, low mood even, uh, when it doesn't hit the threshold of actual clinical depression, all these things that people suffer from um, is in a way self-inflicted because we expect too much of ourselves or um, we are not comfortable to push things like that 1% that you were saying um, because either you've been downtrodden or people say you, you can't do it or anything like that so um, one step in any direction is still going in a direction yeah. and it's that it's taking that one step it's taking that tiny step to say oh actually I made it this far you know if you were crossing a, a bridge uh, one of these things in Capilano in Vancouver a big suspension bridge in where? Vancouver so yeah and, and, and it's really frightening and my sister and I always hated it but loved it if right, you know what okay. I mean because it's Equal such an achievement measure. yeah, yeah, yeah. over it and it's what you see on the other side of it is beautiful okay. so it's worth the trip but it's horrible and people think it's funny to swing it while they're on it oh. you know so that makes it worse um, however you take the tiny steps over that bridge one at a time and you get to the other side so I suppose life is like that Someone might start swinging that bridge when you're in the middle of it, and you want to you want to punch them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just keep going. You just keep going. You say, "Excuse me, you can just stop that as nicely as you can," and you just keep going. You get to the other side, and that's where it all kind of makes it worthwhile. But yeah, absolutely, that self empowerment you were talking about as yeah. well. We need that. We need to, and you, like you say, making time for everybody else. You can't do that unless you make time for yourself. Yeah. So even during the last year, I found that. Um, because the needs of the young people um, were so great. I was doing, at one point, three nights a week doing that therapy. Um, and that left me with one night during the week um, for, for me and my partner. Um, and the weekends are obviously taken up. Right. Um, and, that, and that's not enough, It wasn't. It, it no, wasn't no. enough. Um, you know, and I'm trying to, in that time, try to cram in housework, every other thing. Yeah. I did not see my friends really for months yeah. when I think about it. So um, that's when I'd said, no, actually, let's put it down to two. Yeah. Um, and then I've got more en energy to help the people that I'm Much actually better, helping. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I would do five nights of a week course. if I could. It's yeah, just you can't do everything, No, can you can't do everything. Yeah. So it's really, really important that we look after ourselves because if you can't help anybody else, you can't be present for anyone else. You can't enjoy a relationship with anyone else yep. until you look after yourself. Spot on. And and so when people are wobbling that bridge, mm -hmm. which is a great metaphor for life, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it wobbles a little bit and sometimes the bloody thing's going all over the yeah. place, right? Um, but I often think about go-to coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of mine was definitely the drink, mm -hmm. right? So I that was my release mechanism. And it, it became an issue, right? Yeah. A challenge. Yeah. And uh, not not in a huge way, mm -hmm. um, but it became enough an unhealthy... Enough it, yeah. for me to recognise it. And it became an unhealthy relationship mm -hmm. versus the fun 
yeah. that I was having initially mm. with it, and 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 actually it worked as a release mechanism mm-hmm. because it it pulled me away from the stresses of everyday life, and it kind of it didn't force me in a coercive way, mm-hmm. but it, it it enabled me to just switch off, yep. completely switch mm-hmm. off. Um, but there's a danger to that. Mm-hmm. So in terms of in terms of coping mechanisms, I know when we first met, one of the first things we talk about was festivals, yeah. and mm-hmm. you know. Of course, there's a festival culture and a drinking culture and all the rest of it that goes with festivals, right? Uh, Many, many stories there, I'm sure. But in terms of coping generally, is it different strokes for different folks? Is it is it you have to find what works for you? And and actually, you know, that takes time and you shouldn't beat yourself up for for the things that maybe don't quite work, but are are working in the current moment. So what what are your thoughts on that? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, Obviously, alcohol and drugs um, do become an issue for people because exactly as you said, they relax you. They take away that stress of everyday life and the, the difficulties for that period of time. The issue obviously comes when, one, you need it, and two, uh, the next day, whatever you, whenever you wake up, everything's still there. you still got to deal with everything. So that's where it becomes a danger. And uh, unfortunately, uh, in the society that we live in, because of all the compounded trauma, you know, over the, the generations, we do have an issue with that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, uh, and that's a, that's a totally separate issue. And thankfully, a lot of organisations are becoming more trauma-informed in that respect. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking at people just as drug users, as alcoholics. We're looking to say, actually, you know what, there, there'll be a reason for that. Absolutely. Nobody decides that's nope. the life that they want. So, nope. um, so it's about getting these people and trying to get them actual proper help, uh, not even... In terms of rehab, because we don't have a lot of resources for that, but in terms of things like, let me help you get a house again, let me help you get a GP, let me help you get, you know, um, get you through court for this case, and then we'll we'll deal with everything. It's all about that practical help. And And that's the kind of 1%, 2% gains that lead to bigger gains, right? Absolutely, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So thankfully, uh, in the UK, and um, we are becoming more trauma-informed, all the organisations are, and so that's going to help in that respect. Um, In terms of how we would um, have a release. Yeah, it really is about finding what works for you. Because I could say to people, go and do guided meditations, they're brilliant. I, I love them. I do that every night kind of thing. And they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah I don't want to listen to right. somebody else's voice when I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So <clears throat> very much. And also when you try it, you have to give everything a chance. So you can't try one and wake up the next Completely day and go, that agree. hasn't worked, I still feel the same, right? Yep. So you've got to try it like say 15 nights in a row or something. You have to commit to these things. Yep. Um, whether it's exercise, whether it's, you know, um, a hobby, you have to commit to it and you have to look after your mental health in the way you would look after a physical injury. 100%, you know? yeah. So if you had a physical injury, you would do the physio, not just once. You know, you keep doing it and you would do it to tell you it's going to work. Yep. So and it's exactly the same with your mental health. You find the things that are going to work or that have worked for other people. You try them out for yourself. If that doesn't work, let it take you to something else that might work. Just keep trying. You would do that if you physically had an ailment, you would keep trying until you got it better. I, I say this. I was going to say I say this on every podcast. I say this <laughs> on the first podcast um, and I'll say it again. You know, pe- people are used to and accept dealing with their physical health. Mm-hmm. And more than that, they understand that sometimes their physical health is not good and sometimes it's really good and they understand it and they accept it. See with mental health. 
completely different picture. And the the struggle to accept that it can be good, it can be bad, and it's a journey. Um, so not judging any one moment in time by the high or by the low, it's about the long term. Um, so yeah, re- really interesting. So tell us about, um, obviously, we met through Sam uh, at the Scott Martin Foundation. Tell us specifically what, what they're doing and the impact they're having um, because it's 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 fantastic mm-hmm. yeah um, so the Scott Martin Foundation was set up because uh, on the 1st of January um, 2021 it would have been yeah um, Scott sadly and tragically took his own life uh, just before he turned 17 um, he had been trying to get help um, was with CAMS um, the many for many different reasons, uh, he didn't get the help that he needed. So um, Sam decided pretty quickly, actually, and hats off to her. Um, but probably that's what keeps her going as well. Yeah. But she decided really quickly that it well first and foremost it wasn't the first in his group of friends either. It wasn't the first, and it wasn't the first in the area. Mm. So the the you know everyone was thinking what is going on here that this is tragic this can't happen again so um she set up the foundation because people had started to just giving pages they do um and she was thinking what what am I supposed to do with this money you know so she was like actually let's set up a foundation let's get people the help that they need so completely unselfishly there she is in this horrendous grief um saying to herself well actually I'm going to I'm going to make something of this um so set up scott martin foundation and so uh, they have myself obviously um but they've also got a couple of counselors okay they team up with a, a couple <clears throat> of local um organizations that help young people with mental health um for them and you know the the local um places that all get set up so yep. the young people that come it's adults as well actually that come, okay yeah it's predominantly for young people but they the young people that come along they get a choice um, of all the different things. So she's also got boxing, you know, oh. uh, boxing classes just for women um, and just on your own or you can join the group. And Scott was a great boxer, Scott right? was a great boxer, yeah, yeah. Um, Scott was actually a great boxer, a great footballer, really um, popular with the girls, uh, and, and, you know, and a really handsome young man. So and this funny. is the point, isn't it? Yeah, so from it the is. outside looking mm-hmm. in, you know, society would see him as, you know, on the, on the, on the path to, yeah. you know, a great life, yeah. right? That's yeah, what makes it yeah. so tragic. I, it is. And he had a great personality. And um, I, I never met him. Sadly, never met him. But Sam uh, would tell you stories and you can just feel his presence from those stories. That's lovely, yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, he, he just had everything going for him in that sense. However, there was still something going on up here. Yeah. And I think it scared him. It okay. scared him that he couldn't get away from it or it scared him that... It wasn't changing and he wasn't getting the help that he needed. And it was just obviously too much. And that, for me, any suicide, especially in a young person, is one too many. Uh, Because it should never be. It's unnecessary, isn't it? Now, um, Sam put up something interesting recently saying people commit suicide. Yeah. um, And that should be a word that I think we get away from. And I totally agree with that because committed sounds like you've done something wrong. People take their own lives because they're in extreme pain. And they don't know how to get away from it. And they think it's their only option. Now, for me, that is so sad because I believe that we can help everybody. It's just getting them that, getting them that help, making sure that that is there for people when they absolutely need it. Yeah, and and do, and do you think that's just you know through everyday normal actions and and 
you know, touch points. So is it is it reaching out to, you know, because collectively, you know, we can reach out to friends and colleagues and, and just meaningful conversation yeah. and touching base with people. Mm, and yeah. um, is, is, is that a large part of it? It will be part of it. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much Scott spoke to his friends about how he's feeling or how much young boys do talk about that. And I know that there's campaigns to tell them to talk more. I just yeah. don't know how ingrained that is in the younger society these days, but it's really important it becomes that. Yeah. So I'd seen something on a documentary before um, and it was um, ask your friends how they are and the general answer will be, yeah, okay, how are you? Yeah. But then ask them again. Okay. How are you? Yeah. So you go, I, yeah, that was a polite bit done, but how are you actually doing? Yeah. Um, and young boys really, young men, uh, all men really need to talk M- more. Men definitely men have definitely. an issue with it, yeah. Women, women yeah. Uh, well, the thing is, as well, I think suicide in young men between sort of 16 and 40 is, um, is going up. Um, and it, part of it will be the, they don't talk, they try and hide that. They try and hide how they're feeling because maybe people are ashamed of it or they don't know if anybody else feels the same. And actually, if you start talking, you'll find that probably half your group feels the same as you. Exactly. I think I think with, and you know, again, just talking from my experience with men, that there's a kind of innate bravado. Yes. Right. And, and you know, uh, men want to be seen in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So talking about things that are difficult or that they can't... Um, address or reconcile is perceived by themselves as a weakness and therefore they don't talk about it which is a real challenge you've got to talk about it um because as you say a lot of people you know we're all in this life together right and 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 it's very unusual for something to happen to somebody that hasn't happened you know a thousand other times a million other times to other people so um talking about it you know really really helpful um so I, i i often have this thought as well just in communication. So you've got the technology now and the prevalence is towards kind of mass migration to technology and communication platforms. And there's a plethora of them, right? There's, you know, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and it just goes on and on and on, right? Exactly, exactly. Mm, So my question though is, do you think that influx of platforms and technology has actually eradicated or degraded our ability to bond yeah. in the way that humans are meant to bond. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny that we we met through an app, obviously, right? But I, I, <laughs> so I, I we'll talk about your app, but I think that's a meaningful app, okay? I, I don't think TikTok's meaningful. Um, and actually, I think it, it makes people less focused in general because you, you expect everything to be 15 seconds long. So you go to school and you're expecting every class to be 15 seconds exactly, long and yeah. funny. And <laughs> funny, yeah. Why aren't you funny? <laughs> yeah. I can't make a video of this. Uh, yeah, and uh, YouTube. YouTube used to be quite educational in a way. And now it's all YouTube shorts. And we watch people doing the things that we should be doing. So we watch people play games. No, play the game yourself. It's so, reflecting outwards, oh, isn't yeah, it? It's always yeah. looking outwards. Yeah, yeah. So I have a real bugbear about uh, the digital devices. Okay, so um, it's great. It's fantastic to keep in touch. Like my family all live in Vancouver and Belfast, so it's great to keep in touch through things like Facebook. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't probably be able to stay as close to them as I do if I didn't have those things. So um, in, in using it for what it's meant for, I, I think it's it's a good thing, right? But where we have an issue now, and there's a book called Lost Connections, uh, Johan Harry, I think, um, uh, Lost Connections, and it was all about 
we have lost our connection to each other. Oh, I love this. Yeah, but we have. Yeah. And the not so one of the human needs that we have is to live in groups. Yeah. Okay. So we need to be connected to each other. Yeah. If we don't have that, there is a gap. And those gaps start to provide anxious feelings because you're not living how you're supposed to live. Yep. You don't know that. Yep. You're not aware that that's what's causing it, but that is what's causing it. It's these lost connections. So absolutely, you go out now, it's the summer holidays, the parks are empty. Right? When we were young, they would have been full of kids playing. In fact, yep. if you even had a park, or yep. you'd make your own park, but you would be out from morning to night. And I don't want to sound like an old fogey. I was going to say, there's lo <laughs> loads of young young folk going to listen to this in the future Sorry. and say, there they go again. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's not, but we had fun. Yeah. We we ended up with stitches, we ended up in hospital. You know, but <laughs> that we sounds had, like fun. It was fun. <laughs> we had fun. And we, you were outside, you were talking to people. That's the big thing, right? So people are now phoning each other during the summer holidays. Do you want to go online and play Fortnite? Right? So they're not seeing each other. They're not really speaking to each other, just playing a game. Now, there is a place for gaming, getting lost in a game. Absolutely. Uh, but It's it a has form to be, of entertainment, yeah, right? And we've uh, always yes, had entertainment. Yeah. The TV, you know, movies, uh, uh, everything. Yeah. But... It should be limited. Yeah. It absolutely should be limited. The responsible thing to do for children uh, and young people is to limit their time doing these things yep. and actually get them out playing. Yep. And I know you have to drag them yep. kicking and screaming to start with, but actually they'll start to enjoy it and they'll realise, oh, this feels quite good because this is how you're supposed to live. So my 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 son, I've mm -hmm. got a son and a daughter. My son is six mm -hmm. and I, I'm not kidding. When you take him away from the front of a screen that screen could be you know a television or a or a you know a, a phone uh, and a game and he'll he'll transform mm -hmm. as soon as you put him outside he'll transform into this honestly i'm not kidding you just beautiful child yep. a smile on his face he starts to radiate you know and and you're almost looking at like a jackal and hyde situation mm -hmm. just by putting him in the environment. And, and I think you know, you're you bang on, right? High five on that, by the way. <laughs> I, I think not only have we lost um, our ability to connect as well as we should be, or as we've always done, but we've lost connection with the environment. We've lost re real depth of meaning mm -hmm. on what it is to be human. Yep. And, uh, you know, the irony, by the way, of the app isn't lost on me because we're using technology in that example, um, you know, to, to try and help people understand themselves. But, you know, and, and obviously people are going to be listening through a device probably um, to this podcast. So the irony isn't lost, but I think you're bang on. It's about balance, right? Mm -hmm. And it's about trying to find the things that work for you. But, you, you, you know, there has to be a balance. Yeah, and it's what you use it for. And if you're going you on a digital for. device to use an app that records your mental health and yep. makes you aware of how am I feeling today and why am I feeling that way and what yep. was I doing at the time, that that's all for good. So it's like everything. If you use it for good, I, I use it in the way it's intended. Yep. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think it was ever intended when the mobile phones and everything came out, that people will spend their entire day looking at it. The big, the biggest challenge, I think, carry on on them. And this again, this is just my experience. The biggest challenge is I have gone on n countless times to my device mm -hmm. with the specific objective of doing something. Right. So I know before I pick that device up mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. And that might be respond to an email. It might be check the weather. It might be, you know, look at the football results mm -hmm. or check the news. An hour or two hours later, and I'm not kidding, mm -hmm. I won't even have done the thing that I picked it up to do yeah. and I've lost mm -hmm. that time. It's gone. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the danger of them. It is the danger. And I don't know if you ever saw the documentary that was, uh, oh, the name totally escapes me just now. Yeah. But um, it was about how they draw you in. 
Yes. The algorithm that's used to draw you in. Yes. And it's actually quite frightening because you see yourself in that documentary you do, yeah, and you go, yeah, yeah. yeah, I've totally done that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but what we need to realise, I suppose, that the people that are trying to draw us in, they're not drawing us in for our benefit. Definitely not. That's for their benefit. Absolutely. And that's what we have to be careful of. Don't allow people who are trying to benefit themselves, these large organisations, to draw you in to then lose two hours of your day and not do the thing you went on to do in the first place. And one of the most valuable things I think we have as humans is time. Yeah. You know, and 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 it's only when we run out of it that we realise how valuable it is. Mm -hmm. So what we do with that time is, is really crucial. Yeah. It's really crucial. So I want to talk about positive mental health. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever I have a conversation about mental health, it's always around or it tends to be driven towards all of the challenges. Mm -hmm. And quite rightly, because they're where we need to go to have the biggest impact of positive change. Yeah. Um, but just like physical health, there's bad physical health and good physical health. I want to talk about positive mental health. So I, I you know, I think we should be applauding those who have really good mental health mm -hmm. and we should be looking at them for ideas, inspiration, motivation, creativity mm -hmm. around introducing some of those aspects that would work for us. Yeah. Why don't we talk about positive mental health? And why is it that when we talk about mental health, it's all darkness and stigmas and everything else? Why do you think that is? Is it the stigma? Uh, it's, it's human nature to look for the negatives because it's all about survival, isn't it? So um, when there's something positive, that's not a risk to us. Right. That so we don't need to worry about that. That's good. That's all happening on its own. That's taking care of itself. What we always look at because of that the brains need to survive is the negatives. Yeah. How do we improve on that? How do we fix that? Yeah. That, that's what the, the brain's telling you. So but what you're right, absolutely right, what we should be focusing on is positive mental health because that will help the people who have poor mental health to look towards something else and say how oh right, oh, right, that might work for me actually. As a species, mm -hmm. we've created huge global events mm -hmm. that laud and applaud humans at the top of their physical game. Mm -hmm. So we hang precious metals, metals yeah. around their neck yeah. and say, wow. Mm -hmm. And we stand up and we give them a big round of applause. And they come back and we give them a ceremony. And then we give them a ceremony, country, right? Yeah. Why, why, why don't we do, why haven't we created something to recognise and applaud people with good mental health. And I'm not suggesting in the it? same way. It's, it's because they can't measure it. Okay. It's because you, so performance-wise, athletes at the top of their game, you know, you can have a, a the, the Olympics, Commonwealth Games, you can measure that. You can't measure positive mental health. It's subjective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so that's the challenge. I think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, so I guess le leading on to the app then. Mm -hmm. So, we're, we're still at prototype stage, yeah. you know, we're still working through a, a myriad of different technical challenges and figuring out what features and functions mm -hmm. are going to have the most positive impact. Um, but obviously a part of the early trials we've done with the early adopters, um, there is a significant amount of measurement in there. Mm -hmm. But this, you know, what we've done is really only for self-reflection yeah. or introspection mm -hmm. and being able to allow users to use the app in the way that's most impactful for them. So what you've seen so far, and don't hold any punches, by the no, way, you know, if it's utter nonsense <laughs> and we need to kick it in the bin, then that, that's fine as well. But what we've seen before so far, are we on the road to, to, to 
introducing opportunities for users to be more self-aware, more self-conscious, make better decisions for themselves and therefore impact their groups, their communities, their friends, their family in a more positive way. Is the direction good or have we still got a lot to learn? Yeah, um, well, you, you used the word there that um, on the first day we met, I said how important that is, that awareness. Uh, so your app will bring awareness to people. So to say they put in two or three times a day how they're feeling. So first and foremost, that makes them aware of how they're feeling. It makes them have to think about it. So they don't just go through the day feeling low, not thinking about where is that coming from? Uh, what have I been doing? Who was I with? How can I help myself get out of that? low feeling today why am I in a bad mood why am I tense why am I this um, as soon as you recognise the feeling you start to assess where is that coming from why have I got that right. oh and what can I do about it it's all linked but until we have that awareness and make ourselves become aware then you, you, you you're at risk of just allowing your feelings to overcome you every day and just float through yep. um, and so yeah first and foremost that awareness is, I think is fantastic I was really excited about your app that day we left your office. Um, and apologies for not using it every day I did start, <laughs> but it's just because I don't have that issue, yeah. because I have positive mental health, um, I just stopped filling in, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. for me, that and do you know, that's a good thing, actually. If people start using your app and then they stop because they've got positive mental health, that's a good thing. However, you, really you'll still want them to use it for, for all the other communities it's going to take them to. Yeah, um, yeah I think you're... Um, your direction is fantastic. I think um, the, you know, showing people a dashboard of how their moods changed over time. Mm -hmm. um, they can see the improvements. They can see what they did to improve that. Um, you're talking about taking people to, uh, I know that's in the future, yep. and, uh, but taking people to other communities that could help them. Absolutely. Taking people to um, other communities that are with like-minded people um, or even just a, a place at the end that sustains that good mental health. Yep. You know, yep. so take them to the, the, the all the, I don't know, guided meditations, all the things that yep. you're going to do to sustain that good mental health. Because once you've got it, you can't let it go. You have to keep doing those you things. Because yeah. otherwise you just dip again. And, let, and letting people understand, as you say, the awareness, the consciousness around the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. and, and both are normal, by the way. Yeah. Um, but letting them understand the contextual information, as you say, what they were doing, where they were mm -hmm. at, who they were with, um, on both the highs and lows is a really important um, step in the direction of a long-term journey around understanding yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you can understand yourself, what makes you tick, you know, um, what motivates you and, and actually what you dislike, that allows you to make better decisions, I think. So that's very kind feedback. Um, it's it's really interesting you touched upon kind of just pausing and, and not filling it in because you're in a good place. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's interesting because there tends to be two different types of groups. So it tends to be a group that fill it in relentlessly when they're in challenging times mm -hmm. and then when they're in a good time they step away because yeah. mm -hmm. why would i need to fill it in i'm, I'm okay right yeah it's yeah. good yeah. uh but there's a another group that actually want to fill it in when good mm -hmm. things are mm -hmm. happening and i think that's more of a so they can reflect back yeah. when bad things are happening they're not using it and 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 so that there are these disparate groups. Mm -hmm. There are some in the middle that do both. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's really interesting. It and it and it also takes me back to kind of counting calories. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, whenever whenever you have a cake or a you know a pint of beer, you go, oh, I didn't really have that one. Well, I won't put <laughs> that one in, right? That. So so the stats look better, but mm. that's not what it's about, right? Yeah. Because uh, that's just cheating yourself. And mm. ultimately, what we're trying to do is reflect back the most accurate set of data so that you can make the best decisions. Yeah, and that that takes complete honesty. You have to be honest about yourself to yourself. If you can't be honest with yourself, yeah. How can you be honest with anybody else? Exactly. But as it's, it's all about, you know, and I just think for me as well. Um, in that time that I was off work, um, I changed my attitude to the outside world, I think, in a way as well, um, where I just focused on coming from a place of kindness all the time. So do you know how we're so judgmental as people? Yep. Right? Um, and you'd walk along the street and you'd see someone else, you go, why do we have that? Aye. Right. Well, what has that got to do with me? Yep. First and foremost, how is that any of my business? Yep. So uh, now I find myself looking at people and going, good for you for being <laughs> so you know, flamboyant and, and just coming from a place of kindness instead. And actually that changes your complete attitude. So it's little things like that. We can reflect on ourselves yep. and say, am I a judgmental person? Am I always kind? Now, we can't always be kind, obviously. Um, but am I always kind? Am I coming from a good place? Am I the best version of myself? Perfect. Right. And if you're not, then work on that. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just yep. work on it. Yep. Become that better version of yourself. I love this. And, and you know, what it's made me think of is the first time we met this uh, podcast, every time, you know, we're together, the mood lifts. Right. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes that can put pressure on people mm -hmm. um, and, and it's not meant to. But what springs to my mind is the very fact we're doing this podcast, there's an opportunity for people to get the same positive energy from you mm -hmm. that I'm getting. And and I think that's a really great thing um, because it just takes one little one little soundbite for somebody to latch onto and, and say, you know what, actually, that's a really good point And that hasn't crossed my mind before. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. And that could be the catalyst for change. Right. So yeah. so doing things like this hopefully gets it to a wider audience and enables somebody to catch hold of that metaphorical branch and, mm -hmm. and you know, help themselves up from the mm -hmm. riverbank, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've also got you to thank for the term collective consciousness, oh, yeah. I seem to remember. Yeah. <laughs> so what, one of the things we're aiming to do with with you understood is to, you know, be very transparent with a, you know, anonymized collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think there's fascinating uh, opportunities uh, for reflection, not just on an individual level, but on a societal level, mm -hmm. um, particularly as it pertains to events that are happening in the world. We, you know, we've gone through some significant challenges and still are going through some significant challenges if you look at you know energy prices and mm -hmm. the cost of living and yeah. you know the war in ukraine mm -hmm. i mean it's tough yeah. out there right and then they, we just come off a, the back of the pandemic a, yeah. and these things have a massive impact Huge. on people yep. and it's yeah we come off the back of the pandemic and we're hoping for better times absolutely and then we get hit with massive increases in all the prices because it isn't it's not just the fuel prices it's not just your energy um it is it's the Food, you look at, even before I add my alcohol to the shopping bill at the end yep. of the week, I'm like, is that including the vodka in that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so <laughs> put it in anyway. You know, so um, it is, but, um, and for a lot of people that lived sort of to the point of their means previously, that pushes them way beyond that. And that's a massive stress in people's lives. Yep. So even in our organisation, thankfully from the top down, they're saying, how can we help, you know, people to live um, 
more efficiently. So are we going to, you know, move people closer to where they, they live yep. so they're not spending money on energy? So, you know, even an organisation like the police are thinking for the well-being of police officers, amazing, we yeah. need to look at that as well. And we need to think about that. And to me, uh, yeah, that wouldn't have happened years ago. You know, that interest in your well-being. But uh, even for massive organisations now, that's becoming the main focus because people are what make organisations you know, keep going. So if you don't look after the people um, and, and enable them to look after themselves, then you're, you're going to have a workforce who's stressed, going off sick, you know. So it is, it, So even organisations now are looking to say, actually, positive mental health will help our organisation. Hugely. And if you distill it down, it doesn't matter how an organisation, a group, a charity, a corporation presents themselves. They're ultimately built up by a group of individuals. Mm -hmm. And those individuals have real lives yeah. and all of those individuals have challenges, uh, good and bad mental health. So making sure that you focus on that is is absolutely vital. Yeah. I just want to touch upon the police mm -hmm. um, yeah. just just for a second. So so for me, I've always wondered, you know, and I'm sure many others listening what it's like, right? So in in the front line, mm -hmm. I imagine, you know, the the, the, the tough challenges around that, that those frontline services in terms of seeing almost the, the the worst of society and the stresses and the strains that must mm -hmm. put on individuals and I often wonder does that impact you know the frontline workers and it must right so yeah. I, I want to just see see if that's true um, but also you know give us some give us some positivity around you know I mean I didn't know for example that the police would thinking about well-being mm -hmm. right and mm -hmm. and that's a great message to, yeah. to send out and to be transparent mm -hmm. about um but you know the yin and yang the positive and negative just mm -hmm. talk about your your experience in the police because you've been 16 years 16 you said years, yeah, i mean that yeah. that's a that's a significant service right <laughs> yeah. i'm halfway through <laughs> <laughs> over the hill as oh, they yeah, say over yeah, the hill yeah, yeah. yeah. almost at retirement <laughs> um yeah being in the police is Right, so I suppose it is a difficult job, right? Um, however, for me, it is one of the best jobs you could ever do. And I don't know if everybody in the organisation feels like that, okay, right? Yeah. Um, maybe some people don't feel as valued um, as they should because, like everyone else just now, it's the pay rise issue, isn't it? Of so, course, yeah. Yeah, so people don't feel valued in that sense, right? But apart from that, the job is fantastic. It is difficult. It is. And uh, some days you're like, oh, why am I doing this job? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we see people... Not not so much the worst of people, but we see people at the worst points in their life, I guess. Okay. Um, at the most desperate points of their life. Um, you know, it is not nice for anyone to get arrested, right? They, they don't wake up that morning thinking, oh, I think I'll get arrested today because yep. that's actually a really good laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, it's people do people commit crime for a reason. Generally, um, there'll be something in their background. So again, as a trauma informed organisation, we're now looking more at that as well. So, um, because there's no point having repeat customers all the time um, that you could have helped 10, ten arrests back. Yeah. So, so instead of looking look at, at the, the remediation, yeah. look at the prevention, let, right? Let, yeah. Let's say, do you need some help here? Mm -hmm. uh, would that stop you from committing crime? Yeah. And if you do, we can refer you on. So that's Fantastic. what they're doing. And I think that's amazing. That's a great I think thing. it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and you, as I say, that wouldn't have happened years ago. Um, and, you know, speaking to my sister, um, who is uh, a qualified social worker and She's uh, got her master's in counselling, so very intelligent uh, girl. She says this, you know, this should have happened years ago with all organisations in the UK. Um, so we're maybe a bit slow on the uptake, probably, yep. um, but at least we're doing it now. 
That's, we're that's the thing, isn't that it? Is There's no here. point in lamenting the yeah. fact that it hasn't happened mm -hmm. before because yeah. you can't change it, nope. right? Nope. But you're doing it now, yeah. and that and and that can only be a huge positive. Yeah, I think so. For 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 those, because remember, we work in uh, communities that are um, steeped in poverty, you know, and so people are desperate. Of course, you know, yeah. so if, if someone came to me and said, uh, you know, home, but I won't mention yeah, any yeah, yeah. shops, right? So someone's just stole uh, washing powder worth a fiver. Oh my God, can you imagine how desperate they must have been to do that, right? They yeah. want to wash their kids' clothes for going to school. Yeah. So to me, that's not a crime. Well, it is a crime. Yeah, Technically, it's a crime, course, but, it's, but it's not. It's yeah. People are desperate. Um, but also, yes, I see the worst of people because we also deal with uh, major crime, you know? Uh, so it's the, the, the desperate people and the people who are just evil. And, and yeah, those two yeah. are very different, right? Very, and that's the distinction apart. between they the two. Apart, yeah. yeah. Uh, and for me, I've been really lucky in my career. I've done um, a, a lot of uh, specialist roles, um, so dealing with the the the, the highest levels of criminality. Yeah. Um, so actually feeling like you do make a difference. Yep. Actually feeling like you do get justice for families. Yeah. That is, you know, that is so rewarding. Yeah. That it would be nice not to have to do that in the first place. Yeah. But when you have to, it's nice to actually be part of that and to say, well, you know what? Today we got justice for that family. Um. So yeah, it is a stressful job at times. Um. But believe it or not, a lot of police officers actually thrive on what you would think would be pressure. But when we get a major incident or something like that, actually you just kick into action. Really? The adrenaline goes, yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And uh, you just think, right, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to make a difference here. Without me here, this thing wouldn't, yep. you know, this would be a shambles. Nobody yep. would know what they're doing. So you take control um, and you, you deal with what's in front of you. And I, it's a really, really satisfying job. So there's two things. The, the, the change in direction, you know, is, is that being measured in terms of that positive going on the front foot? You know, are, are we starting to see, you know, because you talk about what's the point of doing it unless you're, you're aware, right? Mm -hmm. You're Is this having an impact? Mm -hmm. So I, I'm guessing he's starting to look at that, you know, without going into too much detail. But is this having a positive impact? And to state the obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway, you know, thank you very much you know, for doing what you do, because um I don't think frontline workers generally, you know, whether it's police or, or, or doctors and nurses, mm -hmm. you know, um, paramedics, et cetera, et cetera. But what I what I loved, and, and that's probably a wrong term to, to use, but what I absolutely loved about the pandemic is that it reset society's values on who and which roles are important mm -hmm. and vital. Mm -hmm. yeah. And all of a sudden, those you know, millionaires and billionaires needed their logistics drivers, mm -hmm. right? And 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 needed people to look after their mothers yeah. who were ill. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wish, you know, talk about teachers and, you know, all of those roles that are vital, I wish society could, you know, truly, without using the soundbite, because I'm not sure I agree with it, but truly level up society in a value-based way. Mm -hmm. Because... It's just wrong, yeah. right? And I, I don't know how long that I would agree with you that it kind of reset it yeah. and it showed the priorities of actually, oh, yep. I'm knocking this video <laughs> apart here. Um, it showed the priorities of who, when it comes down to it, actually, yep. who's really important here. Exactly. It isn't the billionaires, no. you know, that are trying to do various things. It, it, it is the people who keep the the keep the world going it's, it's your it's workers. the engine isn't it, it yeah. is yep. yeah that, uh, yeah that drives it yeah. so um but the the issue is i think unfortunately so unfortunately for the police um the the pandemic like everybody else yes thank you frontline workers um however 
public confidence in the police. There's been a few incidents that's brought that down, unfortunately, yeah, course, more yeah. down south yeah. than up here. Yeah. Um, and that is really unfortunate because, as you know, no police officer would want to be associated with any of that. Absolutely. Um, and that is the one apple that spoils the whole barrel, and that is yeah. typical. But, but, but it also shouldn't spoil the whole barrel, it right? It, it, it it's got to be... It, yeah, uh, of it reduces course, public yeah. confidence. Yeah. And therefore, any messages that we're trying to get out then become a bit uh, muted, if you like. Yeah. So it would be great, yes, to increase public trust. It would be great to, to do all the things that we're doing. I think in Police Scotland, um, we're quite lucky because we're not seen in the same way as they are down south. It's a different, it's an entirely different society that we police, yep. thankfully. And trust in the Police Scotland is probably higher than it is elsewhere in the UK. So we're lucky in that respect because we police by consent. So we need the public to be on board. We need them to feel like, actually, we are here for you. Yep. So um, in that sense, it's always going to be a challenge. Um, as I say, people will come along who will um, diminish that of with course, things that they yeah. do. But then hopefully as people meet, because uh, people will say to me, um, oh, yeah, like you, you're all right for a police officer, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, and unfortunately, maybe they've met people who aren't all right, right. But also people try and remain professional when they're doing the job. So they're not showing you their personality, you know, so it's it's difficult. You can't say I hate all police officers or, uh, you know, um, but I'd just like to hope that um, people will continue to go to the police if they need them. That's all I hope. Um, and they will always be there for them. So that's. So last thing. Mm -hmm. Mental health in society, then, mm -hmm. is which trajectory are we on uh, based on what you've seen? Are we are we leveling? Are we on a downwards trajectory? Are we on an upwards trajectory? Because we're talking of, about it right, more. Yeah, so society, yeah, yeah. you know, is it, you know, is it is it turning a corner mm -hmm. as it regards to mental health, or do you mm -hmm. think actually, you know, we're in trouble? Yeah, you well, know, I, yeah, um, just in my opinion, um, so. The, the pandemic obviously has a massive impact on people's mental health. Yep. So for that reason, there's the dip. Yep. However, we are talking about it more. Um, unfortunately, the Scott Martin Foundation is tiny. Yeah. Um, but hopefully other organisations will come out that will try and do the same thing. So for the the recognising that people need help, yep. that's the big thing. So for that reason, um, we're on an upward trajectory of getting that help for people, recognising it. Um, and... Because remember as well, if we don't help young people now, how are they going to survive in the future? Yeah. Um, Giving them the not tools to, Yeah, now, not like, to yeah. quote Whitney Houston, but you know, the children are the future. <laughs> um, so is it giving them those tools? Because they're not as robust as we were when we were young. Because um, they're not out getting stitches and playing all day, you know. So they're just it's a different generation and we have to make them that little bit tougher and less offended by everything. Yes. So that anti-fragility needs to come in, right? It Let's stop does, making yeah. us all look for offence in every single thing yep. that's been said. Because I'm sure if you play this podcast back, we've probably offended someone along the way accidentally. Guaranteed. Right? Guaranteed. But we, yeah. it's not meant. No. It's only when it's intentional that people should be taking offence. 100%. Right? So let's stop being so fragile. Let's yep. actually do the things that we're meant to do and help each other. Build each other up. Stop trying to tear each other down. Um, and just recognise if someone needs you and be there for them. And let's get more organisations and more apps and more good things to help with people's mental health. There is a wealth of books out there. That they're not self-help books. They're just books that will really lift you. The Power of Now. Yeah. What an amazing book that yep. is. I think that changed me in a way as well. And now the thing, the, the ironic thing about it is I had to keep rereading parts of it because my mind would wander. Yeah. Right. Yep. But it's all about staying in the present moment. And yep. I'd be like, oh, I need to go back and read that bit. <laughs> I totally let my mind wander there. So the, um, but that book really just is, talks about, and like we were speaking about before we came in, you've got to live your life. And you've got to do everything that you want to do in the now. 
Um, but more than that, see when you're doing something, be fully present in doing that thing. Yep. Don't be worrying about what bills need to be paid. Yep. Don't be worrying about what you're going to cook for dinner tonight. Yep. Worry about that when you open the fridge and there's nothing there. Yep. Right? Don't, don't spend your day worrying about everything else that's going on around us because otherwise you're not enjoying life as it's happening to you. Love it. That's That, I think, is the best way to end the podcast. Carrie ann thank you so much for coming in. I, I know uh, you're on holiday this week mm -hmm. and you've still... Uh, climbed over those mountains to oh, get to us. Anything for messages about mental health. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. I'm going to get my rucksack on and climb back over the mountains. <laughs> Good stuff. Hopefully you'll come back again, yeah. uh, you know, in future episodes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, thank you so much. I think there's so much to take away from that for our listeners. So uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Good stuff.